0: good evening welcome to voice in the wilderness internet radio we are streaming live down the internet from london this show is dedicated to god through our lord jesus christ on tonight's show we will continue to discuss the question does the bible reveal a global conspiracy we will be studying what the bible teaches our guest speaker is based in florida the United States of America. More about our guests after we've heard some music. Does the Bible reveal a global conspiracy? We will discuss this question tonight with Pastor Maurice Berry. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Pastor Berry and see if he's available. Hello, good evening. Pastor Berry. You're live yes, uh-huh. on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening, Pastor Berry? I'm
1: doing fine this evening, I'm doing
0: good. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Berry, tonight we will be discussing these questions together. Which global power did Satan use to persecute early Christians? Did Satan seek to change God's law in the early centuries? Why did Satan want to change God's law among Christians? Which global power is Satan using to deceive Christians today? And when will this global conspiracy against God's law come to an end? So, Pastor Barry, before we start the discussion tonight, shall we have a word of prayer together, please? Do you mind praying to open?
1: Yes. Yes, let us pray. Father in heaven, we bow before thy throne of grace, asking humbly for the presence of your Holy Spirit. We ask that the Spirit of God will be our teacher, for you he, he said in your word, how be it when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. But he shall not speak of himself, for whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. And so, Lord, we ask that the Spirit of God will abide with us and guide us into all truth, bring all things to our remembrance, and show us things to come. And help us to rightly divide the word of truth concerning the issue of a global conspiracy against Christianity. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Pastor Barry, which global power did Satan use to persecute early Christians? What does the Bible teach us?
1: Okay. First of all, I want to start off saying that the best way for us to find out about this global power is not just looking at newspapers only or uh, magazine articles, we need to go to the Word of God, and we need to look at the sure word of Bible prophecy. And first of all, we need to accept one thing, that all Scripture, all Scripture, Old and New Testament, is under inspiration. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so the first thing we must accept is that all the Bible, the Old and New Testament, all sixty-six yes. six books, are under inspiration of God. And if we, once we have accepted that and we believe that, then it would be much easier to understand how the Scriptures will interpret themselves. Now, it also tells us over in 2 Peter, 1 uh, Peter, I'm sorry, 119, the Bible tells us, for we also have a more sure word of prophecy we do well to take heed as a light to shine up into a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. So we really need to make sure that we are staying with the Word of God and looking at the sure word of Bible prophecy as we look into these things. So as we go through this, I just want to lay that groundwork first, that the Scriptures, all Scriptures, the administration of God, and that the... We are, and that these scriptures, the scriptures themselves gives up a sure word of prophecy. And why do we call it a sure word? The word sure means certainty. And we have, we need to know that the prophecies of God's word are not up for, uh, are not optional. They are certain because in Psalms 119, 160, the Bible says, thy word is true from the beginning. And so we need to continue to understand that right. if we read the Word of God, it's true. Why? Because in Titus 1-2, the Bible says, in hope of eternal life, whom God who cannot lie promised before the world began, God cannot lie, and in Hebrews six eighteen, it tells us again, by two immutable things, that is impossible for God to lie. So if we're rightly dividing the Word of Truth, we can stand... On the truth of the sure word of Bible prophecy. Okay? And we'll find that history and prophecy agree. Now let's take a look at this particular one that we were talking about first. is a global is there a global conspiracy under against Christianity? Let's see for a moment. The Bible tells us when Jesus was tempted, he chose that he was tempted by the devil. And right. uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 for a minute, and we're really going to look at the temptation of Christ for a moment so we can see that there is a global conspiracy, and it's from a spiritual standpoint, but it also uses human beings and political powers of this world. The Bible says in Ephesians six twelve, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice, spiritual what? Wickedness in high places. Well, who is the spiritual wickedness in high places that the Bible is talking about? It's talking about the devil and his angels. Look here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. The first war that ever took place in the universe of God did not take place on earth, but it took place in heaven itself. The Bible says here, and the Bible introduces us to our issues of the great controversy. In Revelation 12, 7 through 9, it tells us of a war that took place in heaven. A conspiracy against the government of God that took place in glory itself. Among the angels. Listen, in Revelation 12, 7, and there was war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought with his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Now listen to the next point. The devil and Satan cast out of heaven, which deceiveth the whole world.
2: Yes, the whole world right. is
1: talking about planet Earth. This yes. is talking about a worldwide deception, am I right? if we're looking at this. You see that there?
2: Yes, right.
1: Yes. So notice very carefully with me. So now we see that the Bible shows that we are not we are not in flesh and blood, but we're dealing with the devil and his angels who seek to deceive the whole world. Well, deception is the opposite of truth. And so we find here that we have to know who the author of truth is so we can identify deception and decide before we go any further, what is truth? So we can identify the deception clearly and understand that there is, there is a, not just a conspiracy, but it's a factual conspiracy,
3: yes. not
1: a made up one. Notice what the word of God says. What is truth? Jesus told you in John 14, six, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the father, but by me, According to the word of God, Jesus is truth. Now, yes. what else is true in the Bible? Yes, Pastor
0: Barry. Yes, sorry, Pastor Barry. Can, can we just um pause there please? Um mm-hmm. because yes, and, and the reason is this is yes, what Pastor Barry said um has been shown is that we've we've if you've listened to last week's show, is in essence given an overview of that. Um, which has been ascertained before, how there was a conspiracy that started in heaven and has now come down to the earth. Um, But Pastor Barry, time is moving on. And um, let's go to Acts chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3. Yes, just to, um, yeah, Acts chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3. We're looking at which global power did Satan use to persecute early Christians?
1: verses 1, 2, and 3. The Word of God says this. Now, the global power that God, that the devil will be using to deceive the world, in ancient time in early Christianity, we're going to see in Acts 12, 1, 2, and 3. Listen carefully.
0: Yes, the says, Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, carry on please, faster.
1: And, uh, and about, now about this time, that time, Herod the King stripped forth his hand, um, to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, because he saw that, he, that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter, and then it said, then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, when I'm looking at Acts 12, 1-3, <clears throat> it shows that the disciples were being persecuted under the time of the Roman government, which was pagan Rome at that time. Yes And we were going to come to this point after we got out the issue of, of, of settling the issue of what is truth for a moment. Why did I bring up the issue about truth? Because it's important for us to know we, in order to know that there's a deception and a global conspiracy, we need to know what truth was. Amen. And we found out that Jesus was the truth, his word is truth, and we find out the commandments of God are truth in Psalms 119 151 yes. Now like me, O Lord, and all thy commandments are true. So now, now we have a pattern, now we have a, 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 uh, a blueprint by which to discern what is truth and what is error if we follow the Word of God.
2: Yes. Because
1: remember, the Bible goes on and tells us this. Now, in the book of Acts, we talked about this issue of the uh, conspiracy, and we're talking about the early Christian church. We just read about James, but I want to share with you for a moment, from a historical standpoint, what happened to some of the disciples who were being persecuted. But remember, Revelation twelve seventeen 17 said, The dragon which walked with the woman and went to make war with the limerick tree, where the dragon represented Satan himself, and he used earthly kingdoms to persecute God's people. This is what we see when Jesus is being tempted in Matthew 4. And he is offered the truth of the world, and it's a world kingdom. So this is a a world global power that's persecuting God's people throughout the the early Christian church. And it was in the time of pagan Rome, our first power. James, the son of Zebedee, was slain by Herod Agrippa. Philip preached the gospel in the upper Asia, and Heropolis, and Perea, and he was scourged. And
0: imprisoned and crucified in fifty
1: four
2: A. D.
0: Yes, possibly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So let us pause there, please, because um, what it is is that our audience likes to um, go through things point by point. There's a lot of points that are being mm-hmm. drawn here, so let's just um, slow down a bit, please, right? Because okay. w- what we've ascertained okay. is that Herod was ruled in, this is Herod um, at this time. Antipaths, listeners. And so, the reason that we looked at Acts chapter 12 and the reason that Pastor Berry had covered the text before was because, in essence, as we looked at the previous shows, there's, there was a global conspiracy against God's people before Christ came, when he came, and now at the early church. And, in essence, so, and as Pastor Berry had said, excuse me, the global power at this time that's ruling was, was pagan Rome. Okay, and there's just there's just one more text I'd like to read before we move on because we must move on um, because we've quite, got quite a bit more to cover. Um, so, and this is in Acts chapter three and verse one. And this is a good proof text here. And it, I'll just read this. It says, "Now in the fiftieth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and of the region of Trachonitis." and Licinius, the Tetrarch of Abilene. And it's just that um, the Bible records that the early Christian church was vexed by Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great, and that Herod was ruling as a representative of Tiberius Caesar, and Tiberius Caesar was the head of the global government at that time, pagan Rome. and So we can see from these texts that we've shared that Satan used pagan Rome to persecute early Christians. So let's now, now move on, please, Pastor Barry, um, to the next point. Did Satan seek to change God's law in the early centuries?
1: According to the Bible, yes he did. In the book of Daniel, which gives the the rise of a, of the Antichrist power, we find right. Daniel chapter seven, twenty-five, um, in Daniel 7.25, he talks about the little horn. The little horn of Daniel 7 is the Antichrist of Bible prophecy. It's a symbol of the papacy who was the successor of the pagan Roman Empire. Right. From 538 to 1798. And the Bible says here in Daniel 7.25, he shall think to change times and laws. And they shall be given to his hand to a time, time, and a, and a, and a dividing of time. Yes. And so we're going to here here, that this time is a period of 1,260 years. As we look at this carefully from the Bible, we see here that under the, in the Council of Laodicea, historically, right. is where papacy will begin to change God's law, especially dealing with the Fourth Commandment. You see, the Book of James tells us, if we break one of the commandments, we're guilty of all in James 2, through 12. Right, and we break one of the laws to become transgressors of the law. Okay, so we see very clear from the Bible that there has been, and there is, and has been, an attempt to change God's law in the early centuries of Christianity.
0: Right. Okay, Pastor Bay, let us pause there because, again, let us take things point by point. So you've stated which was the power that Satan used to change God's law in the early centuries.
1: In your own I said the power was the
0: paper right and which and 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 mm-hmm. what verses can we use to prove that to the people because the listeners um, like us to be able to prove to them you know why we've made a stance, mm-hmm. and I know that time is short you see and um, okay. so right. yeah, so if you could just spend not too much time please, but just a few minutes to establish that yeah, point.
1: In Daniel chapter seven, we have the issue by the four beasts. The group, and we have the we have a lion, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a manuscript beast. Daniel seven seven tells us I beheld in the ninth ages, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strongly seemingly. It had great iron teeth. This great iron teeth beast is represented a pagan loan. A pagan Rome is simply known as a beast. We can line this up with Daniel chapter two, which what? simply shows. The four great kingdoms of the world, Babylon, Real Persia, Greece, and then the fourth kingdom of Rome, represented by legs of iron. In Daniel 7, the Rome is represented by having great iron teeth, pagan Rome. But after yes. the fall of paganism will come the rise of a little horn. In Daniel 7, 8, the Bible said, I consider the horns, and among them came up, behold, among them came up a little horn. The little horn comes up among the ten divisions of the Roman Empire when Rome is who in the western half of the empire. And this little horn, the Bible said, I have eyes like a man. Well, we go to, if we, go to, we know history and we know the prophecy, the little horn here is a symbol of the rise of the successor of pagan Rome. Historically, pagan Rome was succeeded by papal Rome.
2: Yes, right. The
1: papal, the papal Rome was a combination of, 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 of paganism and apostate Christianity. Yes. This is what 1 Timothy 4 1 told us when it said, Now the spirit speaketh especially that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils are pagan doctrines, teachings, and customs that have come in to the church over the centuries to supplant the word of God and to bring confusion and when men started guarding tradition above scripture.
2: Right. Right. This
1: book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks Pastor Berry and listeners this, this, I also would like to share um to which to add and to compliment what Pastor Berry said if, Daniel chapter 7 verse 23 to 27. And again this is again just again going over for for you for the listeners um what's been in essence stated. It says thus he said this is what Daniel saw in vision the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. So Daniel was speaking about a global kingdom. And it shall tread down and break in pieces. And as Pastor said, ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And, look, and listeners, as Pastor Berry said, he shall speak great words against the Most High, and wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws." So the Bible gives identifying marks. They shall be given into his hand to the time and times and the dividing of time. And we shall go through what the time and times and the dividing of time means in future shows. But here's, without, you know, we haven't got much time, but this is the point here, in that this power was to think to change times and laws. I'd just like to share two more verses, Pastor, before we move on, um, because just to make this absolutely solid for the people. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21 the Bible reads, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And notice, he changeth the times and the seasons. This is God. He removes kings and setteth off kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And so the Bible declares that God is the one who changes times and seasons. And so for a man to seek to change times and seasons and obviously, a man's taken the prerogative of God. You see, and so that's also what I like to share is that any power that seeks to change God's God's times and laws, because God sets up the time and laws of the universe, then that power is is basically taking the place of God. It's and, and in essence, it's it's Antichrist. Um, so um, anyway, let
1: us, let us remember one thing: yes, if we are. Looking- it's in Malachi 3 6, the Bible tells us the Lord said, I am the Lord I change not. God's law cannot be changed. God's law is a transcript of his own character. Yes. It's express words, the very words of the commandments are expression of his own thoughts. Therefore, the Lord cannot change and no one will alter the thing that is gone from his lips. Amen. From the 4.
0: Yes. yes. Most certainly, Pastor, you see. And so now, again, um, I just believe that we should just dwell on this point just a little longer, because you mentioned so much pastor to the audience, and again, it just needs to be broken down. And I would direct our listeners to Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one to four, right? Because Pastor mentioned about the papacy being this power being mentioned. And it needs to be made clear, because I know that our listeners would like this matter to be made clear. And there was a lot that was compacted. So it says, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by sword, nor by letter. Now look, as that day of Christ is at hand, so it's talking about the second coming, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day the second coming shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who does the Bible say the man of sin is? Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship. Now look at identifying Mark's listeners, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. That's the church showing himself that he is God. So right back in the book of Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul warned us that there would be a man who would sit in the church of God, basically claiming that he is God, you see. And that's why Pastor Berry can live with all um, confidence and myself and Protestant Christians as a whole and all who believe the Bible state that this power that the Bible speaks about that um, was prophesied to persecutions was the Roman Catholic Church. So... Now then, Pastor Barry, handing over to you again, why why did Satan want to change God's law among Christians?
1: Well, it goes back to it goes back to his desire to be God. Going back in on Isaiah chapter fourteen, yes. verse twelve through four, the Bible says, "How that falleth from heaven, on Lucifer, son of the morning, how that cut down to the ground the weak in the nations, for thou hast said in my heart, I will sit in heaven." I will go my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation beside the north. I will think of the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Lucifer no longer wanted to be like God in character. Yes. He wanted to be like God in power. He desired worship. When it says that he would sit upon the mount of the congregation, the word sit means to sit in the seat of God. Right. You can see that in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 2. When God speaks to the king of Tyrus, and He says, "Thou art a man, but thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God." Though thou be, you know, and he was not a god; he was a man. But yes. at the same time, he created being, human being, wanted to exalt himself as God. And in heaven, Lucifer, a created being, an, an angel, a powerful angel, but yet created, wanted to make himself like God in power and not in character. Yes. And so he worship, he knew that he was a covenant cherub. He sat at the mercy seat where the law of God was at, at the Ark of the Covenant. There were two golden cherubims on each side. It was made, Moses made it in the Old Testament, like the yes. pattern that was shown in the mouth in Exodus 25. Yes. But to make you look the one point short, it's simply this. He was familiar with the law of God. And he knew that if he could never be God, as long as the law of God stood, he could no longer exalt himself as creator, because the law is, again, part of the character of God himself who created him.
2: Yes.
0: So in past, order for him to yes.
1: exalt himself, he must annul he must or destroy or make non-effect the law of God.
0: Yes, let's pause it there, please, the Pastor. Let's pause it there, please, and, and let's summarize again. Um you see, because as as you said, and I, I really appreciate what you said, and that, you see, it was Satan's purpose to sit in on the throne of God. That's always what he's wanted to do. And you see, listeners, how the apostles said that there would be an imposter that would try to take the same position within the, the church of God. That's the man of sin, you see, because, as 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 Pastor Barry said, Satan's purpose has always wanted to be worship and to be as God, and the Bible has predicted that there will be a power that would have a man at its head who would claim to be God, and sit in the church of God, and claim to have the same power of God. And there's only one power that has on, in existence and that's been in existence since um, the early Christian church. You know, there's only one leader on in this world who was who has assumed that position, and we'll read some statements in a minute, and that is the, the Pope of Rome. You see, so um, so again, we're just reiterating the point, and and um, yes, yeah, so carry on, please, Pastor Barry.
1: Yes, to give you an idea, remember the devil wanted to be like God, so therefore he wanted to actually have the worship of God. When we talk about the issue of the of the papacy being part of that we have one major issue in their own catechism and in their own body. It says the Pope is of such great authority that he can modify and explain and interpret divine law. Yes. Okay. So, this, so here is a power that's claiming that it can change divine laws. Now, divine laws are given by God, but there, but the devil himself is also professing to be God. Worm claims that by their divine authority, Papal Worm claims by her divine authority, that she can modify and change divine law. Yes. Oh. And she claims it's yes. divine authority. Yes. So oh. where did her authority come from? I, I, I want to bring this point out. Okay, please. fine. Yes, sorry, pause. I'll
0: carry on before I make a point. Carry on, please. <laughs> look at it.
1: And where did her authority come from? If we go to Revelation chapter 13, and we look at verse 2, the Bible tells us that the dragon, talking about the rise of the antichrist and the rise of the papal power, in Revelation thirteen two, it says there very clearly. It says, "And the beast which I saw was like right unto a leopard; his feet were as feet were bare, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion." And the dragon marked his terms. The dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. Yes. If we could go back to the writings of the uh, teachings of the Catholic Church on this point, not dealing with the Catholic people, but dealing with the system of, pap- of, of, of papal power, we would see something very interesting. Remember, the Bible says the dragon gave it suit and power and great authority. Yes. I want, to, I want to read one statement, just to give you an idea, because of time, I just don't want to take a lot of it. Listen carefully. I have, this was the offer by Father T. invite. Yes. Listen carefully. I have repeatedly offered a thousand dollars to anyone who can prove to me from the Bible and from the Bible alone that I am bound to keep Sunday holy. There is no such law in the Bible. It is the law of the Holy Catholic Church alone. The Bible says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." The Catholic Church says, "No." By my divine power. Stop right there for a moment. It says, I abolish the. Say, and command you to keep holy the first day of the week. And it and says, and lo, the entire civilized world bows down in reverence obedience to the command of the Holy Catholic Church. Now, this is Father T. Invite, C.S.R. Izra of the College. Now, listen carefully. What does the Bible say? The dragon gave them a power, peace, and great authority. Who's the dragon? The Satan, the devil in angels. Watch carefully. So, wait a minute. When they say, my divine power, this divine power is not coming from the Word of God because they believe that tradition and custom and reason is above the Word of God. This divine power is coming from the dragon himself. Yes. So, one before is coming from beneath and not from above, coming from the devil and known as the dragon of Satan and not from the
0: word of God. Amen. Now, yes, Pastor and um, listeners, now these statements are not intended to be against any individual. There are many priests no. and faithful believers in Roman Catholicism who serve God to the best of their knowledge and they are seen by God as his children. This information is being read tonight as the Roman Catholic Church system has an increasing number of doctrines and statements. That God directly against the Bible, and again, um, to compliment and to add what Pastor Barry has said, there's just two more statements that I can read. Again, listeners, so that you can judge for yourself to see whether we are um, presenting the Word of God truthfully to you to you or not. Now it's a, it says here. It's, um, this is from Catholic Press, August the 25th, 1900. Sunday is a Catholic institution and can be defended only on Catholic principles. From beginning to the end of Scripture, there is not a single passage that warrants the transfer of the weekly worship, weekly public worship, from the last day of the week to the first day of the week. And then this is from, um, this is from Albert Smith, Chancellor of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and this was replying for a cardinal in the letter, February 10th, 1920. It says, if Protestants will follow the Bible, they should worship God on the Sabbath day. Now listen, that is Saturday. This is what the Catholic Church says. So they know that the that the Bible Sabbath is Saturday. They state, in keeping Sunday, Protestants are following a law of the Catholic Church. You see, he shall think to change so he shall think to change times and laws. So the Catholic Church themselves state. That they have changed God's law in accordance to their own authority, but as Pastor Mary was basically stating, that authority that they claim is actually come from the devil himself. Now I know it's it's it may not be easy for some people to hear or to seek to want to um to believe, but the facts speak for themselves. And sad to say that the global power that Satan's now using on this earth to deceive Christians today. Um, it's basically it's centered in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, um, Pastor Berry, time is again moving on. I don't know if you've got any other points on this point before we move to the last point.
1: Well, the only other thing I just want to say is that, according to the Bible, the claims of the man making himself to be God is blackness in itself. And that's something that people need to keep in mind as we are looking at these things. Because remember, Antichrist is not one that's against Christ. It's one who claims to sit in the seat of Christ right. carrying out the prerogatives of Christ, but is going contrary to Christ's character and his word and his law. This is what we're looking at. And so this is what we're seeing. If you go back, if you go back to did they really change God's law, maybe, maybe, maybe we're exaggerating a little bit. Uh, but we're not. If you go back to the history, if you go go to the Book of Exodus and read the original Ten Commandments that's given by inspiration of God, as Moses wrote, and as God spoke the law in Sinai and wrote it with his own finger, and you were to go to compare that with the Roman Catholic version of the Ten Commandments that was given by the Popes alone, you would find that there has been a change in God's law. Instead of the Fourth Commandment, like in Exodus, saying remember the Sabbath day, Rome says that is the third commandment. Listen, history brings this out from the C.F. Thomas Chancellor of, uh, of Cardinal Gibbons at the time.
3: He said, Of course,
1: the Catholic Church claims to change, claims that the change was her act. And the act is a mark of her ecclesiastical power and authority in religious matters. Now, remember, the scripture says that her authority is coming from the dragon and not from God. But the Roman Church believes that her authority, she takes the assumption that her authority is coming from God. But listen carefully. Right. In Baltimore Catholicism, it says, Number two printed on the Order of Francis James Feldman in 1941. What is the second commandment? The second commandment of God is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now, is that the second commandment in your Bible? If we were to compare, the second commandment says, Thou shalt never guard before me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. So we see it a completely expunging of the second commandment, and then it says here, please note that the commandment concerning images is left out of the Ten Commandments, and the third commandment of the ten listed by God in Exodus is the second in the Catholic Catechism. Yes. So that... So we see that the second we see that that commandment's not there. Why? Because the Roman Church, who is represented as Antichrist and the great apostasy of the of a lot of times, would lead the people into the worship of images and relics. Yes. And and and, and this is contrary, and they would even exalt Mary as the co of a mediator. When the Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and the man is Christ
0: Jesus. Yes. Yes. So listeners. You see, as Pastor Berry has basically stated, um, the Catholic Church have a totally different Ten Commandments than the original Ten Commandments that God has in heaven, and that make up his law. You see, God's law hasn't changed. It's just that the papacy, Satan has worked through evil men in the papacy, not through those who are good, but those who are against God to change Um, to think to change God's law, because God's law can really never really be changed, it's eternal. Now finally, Pastor Barry, because time is wrapping up now, when does the Bible say this global conspiracy against God's law, when will it come to an end?
1: This global conspiracy of God's law will come to an end as men are seeking to exhaust the first day of the week above the law, above the uh, above God's Seventh-day Sabbath. The final issue in the controversy is over worship. Satan's last temptation for Jesus was, he showed him all the kings of the world, and the glory of them and that if you bow down and worship me, all these, I will give thee all these kingdoms and bow down and worship me. The final issues that we'll be facing in the issue will be over worship. The worship of God according to his law, which is remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Or the worship of a, of a counterfeit Sabbath, which today is being exalted as Sunday and is being um, camouflaged under the condition of or the teachings of climate change. The sisters uh, and, and those listening, right. if you don't believe this, just go back and search, go back and just look at your articles very carefully. Under the issue of the uh, La Dato and the Paris Agreement as well. The nations of the world and religions of the world are seeking to look. At, to want to have a commonality of a day of rest. That day of rest will be Sunday. And Sunday is not God's mark of authority. It is the mark of Roman authority. God's mark or seal of authority is the seventh-day Sabbath of the fourth commandment. Right, yes. From Sunday Friday to Sunday Saturday. And so we're going to see that this is going to become an issue. Because when this issue comes up and Sunday is made the law of the land, for all intents and purposes, God's law will be made void. As a result, this will bring about the wrath of God upon the world. We are warned with a very fearful warning in Revelation chapter 14, verse 9. And it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his markers for it in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. The wrath of God are the seven last plagues. And when the plagues are poured out, the first place it falls upon are those who worship the beast, his image, his mark, and the number of his name. Yes. This is the most right. simple warning ever given to us. But yes. now, how do we know this will bring it in? Because we know that this will be the final global conspiracy. We say global. That means that Jesus said in the last days that you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. All nations is a global issue. In Revelation 17, 12, the Bible says here that all the nations in the last days will have one mind. The ten horns of thou sawest, it says, which are sawed, and the ten kings not, which have received no kingdoms yet, they will powers kings one hour with the beast. These same ten horns represent a universal unity of all the political powers of earth in the last days.
3: Yes. We will
1: have one mind. Yes. One mind will mean the gift to form a, a, all their policies will be the same. They will form a one world government. And this one world government, when it's finally put in place, will be the major persecuting power that will persecute God's people. How do we know? Because these political powers are going to give their power and strength to the beast. The same beast that we've been talking about, the papal system. Listen carefully. The final point says this. And these shall make war with the Lamb. Satan is the spiritual power behind the war. But he will use the political powers of earth to make void God's law and then seek to destroy God's people who will maintain their fidelity to his law. As a result, this will bring on a time of trouble and usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. But Amen. you sisters, make no about it. We are heading for those scenes as we talk.
0: Yes. Well, Pastor Barry, thanks for um, sharing your thoughts. And at this time, we're going to have a break and then we'll come back and have some final thoughts.
4: I tried to find somehow the way, the love that brings great peace of mind. Day, so far light in the skies nature's in harmony just watch a baby smile Jesus thanks for loving me please help me now to live with more sunshine that paints pretty rainbows, hard times I've been through, good times I've come to, and I'll be a true reflection now of the wonder of God's love. The wonder of God's love. The wonder of God's
0: Does the Bible Reveal a Global Conspiracy? Pastor Berry, would you like to give closing thoughts to our listeners tonight, please?
1: Yes, Um, I just want to say that as we look at this thing for what it really is and where we're headed in this world, we need to look carefully and be diligent students of the Word of God and to stand on the principles of God's word and his truth. Isaiah put it in words that cannot be forgotten. He said, the grass withereth, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. As we have seen, the global conspiracy is, first of all, behind the scenes we have spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan and his angels are working to exalt his 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 desire for worship. Uh, in the early history, the early Christians and the disciples and the early Christians were a threat to his kingdom on earth because they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel which is the power of God and the salvation. Paul in his day said they had preached the gospel to every creature under the sun. And so this infuriated the devil, and so he decided that he would begin to persecute the early church. And this is what we mean. About Christians, from what we know about the Christians being persecuted in the churches of Ephesus and Smyrna, now, all the way up through the church of Thyatira. And so we read that they were, uh, they loved not their lives even unto the death. The early disciples, many of them lost their lives through persecution as we read in the book of Acts. James becomes the brother of John and others. And then we see that there's this, this the, the pagan Roman power was the power that began in the beginning, and then papal power succeeded papal Rome, pagan Rome rather, and began the same type of persecution. And this time of the popes exalting themselves and exalting themselves as being gods. And they persecuted the church for 1,260 years. Of, that was major persecution. And it was only through the Protestant Reformation that the persecution began to cease Have been was shown from the scriptures and from the teachings of Luther, justification by faith, and showing the uh, terrible uh, apostasy of the Catholic Church. This is why uh, the messages of God to his people have been touched, to come out of such situations and to be be accepted and took not the unclean thing. But finally, we see that God's law will be changed during the 1260-year period, Of papal supremacy, as the popes exalt themselves, yet as surely as Satan exalted himself in heaven and wanted worship, so they, man, in his simple condition, also desires worship. Not the worship of God alone, but the worship in the place of God. And this is why we talk about the Antichrist of Bible prophecy. And finally, we find that this conspiracy. Uh, being done, carried out today by the papacy in the threefold union that is now taking place with all world religions coming together and coming together on points of doctrine they have in common. We're going to see very soon a worldwide movement for our day of rest. And that day of rest will be Sunday. We will see that God's law will be made void. And as we look at that, that will lead to God having to intervene to bring an in of a worldwide conspiracy, a global conspiracy, to make void of law when they seek to try to persecute God's people who want to maintain
0: his commandments. Yes. Well, Pastor Berry, thanks. And um, this is, I'd just like to say, before we have a word of prayer, in essence, that over the past three shows, we've seen how we've, In essence, we have shown through the Scriptures that there's been a continual conspiracy on this earth globally against the law of God. And we have taken you through the Scriptures to show how through the ages Satan has worked through different powers and is seeking today still to undermine God's law. And we have a choice to whether we want to to reject God's law and be sinners, like the first sinner Satan, or whether we want to be obedient to God's law, in, in accordance to the example set to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. And just one more verse before we have a word of prayer. This pastor would like, like me to just to summarize again. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven to nine, it states, "And to you who are troubled, rest of us." Many, many listeners may be troubled, have troubles in their lives, and feel that this world is, is just too troublesome. When will it end? It says we're encouraged to rest with the apostles because it says when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them, notice that know not God, and as we've shared, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see? And so as long as we're faithful to the gospel, we have nothing to fear and and we'll be saved by, by the God of love. But if we disobey the gospel and, and join Satan and his rebellion, then we'll be destroyed by his presence, you see. Yeah. So this is, we'll now just end with a word of prayer, Pastor Berry. Pastor Berry, would you like to pray, please, as we close the discussion yeah. this evening? Hi.
1: Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you for this moment in time that we can share with those listening the sure word about the prophecy, the final warning to be given to the world, a warning that carries great consequences. Please help all of us to comprehend and understand. Thank you for the program. Thank you for those listening. We pray that they will go back in search of scriptures and search history and Bible prophecy to see how history and prophecy go together and how these things are taking place before their very eyes. And if they might look up to Christ in the heavenly sanctuary and realize the their redemption, draws nigh. We thank you for hearing and answering our prayer in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Pastor Berry, thank you very much for joining us this evening on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to enquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 79 62 If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free tract called Believe It or Not. Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness internet radio, Go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapters ninety eight and ninety nine you will find the subjects the powers that be and union of church and state. This will these, I should say, will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show we'll have our final show upon this subject. At this time does the Bible reveal a global conspiracy? Well that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless.